Welcome to He Restores My Soul with Jannie Ortland, where you can find encouragement for your busy life through God's renewing mercies. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our series on discipleship. We're so glad you're listening in. We've heard from a lot of you about how helpful this has been, and we just thank the Lord for that. Oh, my. All the praise goes to Him. Now, leaders, I want to ask you to print off a copy of the Acts acrostic you'll find on our website at herestoresmysoul.org. Print off a copy of that for each member of your group. You're going to need it during your lesson today. And also, bring any of your own prayer aids to show your group. One final note to you leaders If you have any more members of your group who have not had a chance to share their life story yet, you fit them into your lessons however you need to. I don't include them in the lesson today. Now, today we're going to start with teaching. And I would ask you leaders to begin by passing around the handout that's entitled ACTS. Every one of your members is going to need one as you pray together today, because we're continuing our study on prayer. And this handout can be really a helpful tool when you need inspiration or or help in prayer. So you'll want to have that nearby. God loves to keep us connected to himself, doesn't he? You see, God God wants intimacy with his children, and one of the chief ways to enjoy that intimacy is through prayer. Prayer is different from everything else in our lives. Prayer is a conscious, humble, verbal dependence on God. It's somewhat of a mystery. We are talking with the God of the universe, after all, and that can be scary and intimidating. But remember, it's just talking. Try to imagine any relationship developing without words. The way to develop intimacy with someone is to talk with them, exchange words. If I wanted to get to know one of you better— I would invite you over, and we would spend time talking together. I'd ask you questions. You'd ask me questions. You are getting to know each other better in your groups as you meet week to week through your words. If you know how to form any words at all, you can pray. And if you can't think of any words, can you cry or sigh, or even just groan. If you can cry, or even just groan, then you can pray, because prayer is just talking to God, crying out to Him, groaning to Him. Psalm 145, 18 says this, The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. To call on God is like a a visit, like coming to my house for a cup of tea, not playing phone tag and, and just leaving a message. 
Let me illustrate it this way. When we lived in Scotland, uh, very soon after we moved there, a neighbor wanted to meet me. And uh, we saw each other out front, and she said, Oh, could I call you tomorrow? And I said, Sure, I would like that. I thought she meant, Could I call you on the phone? (laughs) But she meant, Could I call on you? And she came to my door and knocked, and I wasn't there. And she wondered what had happened. But to her, to call on someone was a face-to-face visit, not a phone call. Face-to-face, not plain phone tag. The Bible tells us that the Lord is near to all who call on, who visit with Him. Because prayer is a relationship, not a regimen. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. James 4, 8. In Isaiah chapter 62, leaders, have your members turn there in their Bibles. Isaiah chapter 62. We're going to look at a few verses, just two actually, verses 6 and 7. Listen as I read them. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. All the day and all the night they shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest, and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. Did you see that? Prayer is divinely appointed. God creates prophetic intercessors. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. That's verse 6. This Jerusalem is the center of spiritual life and activity. On the walls of all the spiritual activity around us, God sets watchmen, prophetic guardians, like sentries on a city wall, praying and watching. You and I... If we know Jesus as our Lord, our watchman on the walls of the spiritual Jerusalem of our generation, watchmen are sentries, like a security system. Sometimes we are aware of it, sometimes not, but there is a great spiritual conflict being waged between ultimate good, God himself, and all those who hate him and his ways. We, who know God, are warriors, and we need a watchman mentality. Who is standing guard over your family? Who is the watchman on the wall of your home, your school, your neighborhood, your church? Look there at at verse 6 again. All the day and all the night they shall never be silent. Verse 6. This is not a prayer meeting but a mentality. I should always be ready to pray, living in an attitude of continual open communion with God. Take no rest, it says in verses 6 and 7, and give Him no rest. Take no rest and give Him no rest. There's a sense of urgency here, of pressing in, 
almost a rudeness. You see, God has a high tolerance level when we turn to Him. I wonder if my prayers are too genteel, too hesitant, too polite. We can never ask too much or too often. Learn to take risks in your prayers. There is a persistent rudeness, a a slightly stubborn kind of praying, a, a righteous impudence that God hears. Think of Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, that parable where the the, the judge and the persistent widow are meeting, and the judge says in verse 5 of Luke 18, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. <laughs> you see, her it was her persistence that won the judge's heart over. And the judge even called it bothering me because this widow keeps bothering me. You can bother God. That's okay. I call these kinds of prayers, prayers that push. And I use the word push to symbolize pray until something happens. P-U-S-H, pushy prayers. Pray until something happens. Take your stand on the walls of your own personal Jerusalem and pray Pray strong, persistent prayers. Pray pushy prayers. Pray until God has established his kingdom on earth forever. Now, in this time of teaching, let's answer the question, how to pray? You know, I I think it can be easy to begin a pattern of prayer, but it's hard for me to sustain it. Why do you think that is so? Why is it hard? Why, why do I lose heart and give up? Well, sometimes I'm just overwhelmed with the details of my life. My schedule is too full to set aside time for prayer with purposeful intent. Sometimes I tell myself, I'm too busy today. I've got so much to do. I don't have time for this spiritual labor. I'll get to it later but then later never comes. Another reason that I sometimes lose heart and give up is that I I sometimes don't see it working. Has God really heard me? Does he really care about my little life? The psalmist felt this way in Psalm 13, 1, where he says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And sometimes, I just don't know how to do it. Prayer aids, such as books or daily prayer emails, can help. Again, let me say how helpful I have found Beth Moore's Praying God's Word. Oh, what a wonderful resource. A prayer journal or a notebook, as we discussed last week, can also be very helpful. Now, One final tool I want to mention in our our teaching time today is another popular acrostic. The acrostic is ACTS. Look at your handout. You see, prayer is really just two things, talking to God about Him 
and talking to God about me and others. This acrostic helps me to engage in both. Acts, each of the letters in the word acts, stands for a kind of prayer. The A stands for adoration. In this kind of prayer, you tell God why you love and cherish Him. Why do you prize and admire Him? You can use passages like Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, and Revelation chapters 4 and 5 to help you bring words of adoration to Him. Hopefully, you'll read these passages in a little bit together to worship your Father together. And then, confession. The C in Acts stands for confession. Confess your faith. Tell Him what you believe. You can read aloud 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. The Lord is honored and worshipped when we confess to Him what we believe. And then confess your sins. In your group, read aloud Psalm 38, 18 and Psalm 32, 1-5. Don't let your sins stockpile up. Don't play with them. Don't entertain them in your heart. When the Lord brings our sins to mind, let's be women who are quick to confess them, to repent and ask Him to help us turn away from them. So we have adoration, confession, I'm going through this quickly now, but you can turn off the podcast as you want or at the end and practice this together. Adoration, confession, and thanksgiving. Learn to say thank you to your Father. Read Psalm 100, verse 4, and Psalm 107, verses 8 through 9. Let's be women who are quick to thank the Lord. Read 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 and discuss what is the word this pointing to in these verses. For this is the will of God. Oh, let's learn to say thank you to God. And then finally, supplication. This is where we talk to God about our needs and the needs of others. I mean, actually, this is the kind of prayer I'm best in because I'm so needy. I'm sorry to admit that, but it's true. Now, I want you to ask the members of your group as you go through this page to read aloud the following verses uh, that you see listed there, Psalm 107.6, Psalm 107.13, Psalm 107.19 and 20, Psalm 28, verses 1 and 2. When we pray, we can ask largely. Read First Chronicles 14.10. We can pray for the lost world. We can pray for authorities. Read 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. We can pray with intensity. The Lord also kindly reminds us it's proper and right to pray for our own needs as well. Read Matthew 6, 11. Note how it says, give us our daily bread. The Lord taught us to pray that way. He taught us to pray prayers of supplication. I think the most bold and famous intercessory prayer ever recorded in the Bible is found in Genesis chapter 18, verses 23 through 33. Turn there and read it together in your group. Genesis 18, 23 
through 33. Just turn off the podcast and read it. Abraham has family in Sodom, family he has led out of Ur and cared for and sacrificed for and even rescued at cost to himself. When the Lord reveals to Abraham his plan to judge Sodom and Gomorrah for their sin in Genesis chapter 18, just above the verses you've just read, Genesis 18, 16 through 21, Abraham struggles with the righteous judgment of God and his own distress for the city where his family lives. He prays six times, begging God to spare the cities. Abraham, I think, symbolizes God's redeemed people on earth. We, as descendants of Abraham, are called to be a blessing to the world, and God calls us to pray for our cities and our families in them. Jeremiah 29.7 says, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. You see, your prayers are significant to God, to your city, to your family there. Proverbs 11.11 puts it this way, By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. God has placed you in your family and in your city with kingdom-advancing strategic significance. Put yourself in that space between God and your child, God and your family, God and your school, God and your church, God and your city, God and your country, and pray. In Genesis 18, Abraham has a humble boldness with God. He is forthright, but he's not arrogant. Abraham is reverent as he prays, but he presses in, pushing hard against God, wrestling with him. What good did Abraham's intercession do? Well, you can look it up in Genesis 19.29. God saved Lot. You see, prayers in the ways of God saves people. Lamentations 2.19 puts it this way, Arise, cry out in the night, at the beginning of the night watches, pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Lift your hands to Him for the lives of your children who faint for hunger at the head of every street. No condition is so low that God will not hear it. We're told in Lamentations 2 to pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Let your heart run before your God. Lift your hands to Him, your empty hands that can do nothing but ask. Lift them for the lives of your children, your grandchildren, your nieces and nephews, your students. Here in Lamentations, the children needed real bread. That might not necessarily be the case for you though we may know those who are in poverty, but the picture here is of children picking through the garbage heaps to satisfy themselves. The children of our day don't have physical hunger as much as spiritual hunger. Go to God for your children. Keep going to Him. Intercede for them. 
Let us pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Now, leader, this is the end of our teaching time. It's been a little bit longer tonight, and if you want to take a break, go ahead and take your break now. We're going to come back together again now, and we're going to spend some time in prayer and worship. Our worship time is going to be using the Acts prayer sheet that you have. Your leader will lead you through this. You'll spend a few minutes working through this prayer together. You'll start with adoration and then transition into confession and thanksgiving and supplication. Now, each member, jump in as you feel comfortable. So, leader, ask someone to begin in the area of adoring God by reading Colossians 1, verses 15 through 20 aloud. From there, spend a few minutes worshiping the Lord and listing out His attributes. As time permits, lead the group into prayers of confession, thanksgiving, and finally supplication. Now let's go into our time of accountability together. Check in on each other's quiet times. How is everyone doing? Is anyone having a a hard time getting four in? Pick two members to share something from their quiet times this week. Then take 10 minutes to share insights from your reading of Brother Lawrence or, or whatever book your group chose. Finally, here's your assignment. Four quiet times for this coming week with two written out. Your book reading assignment. Now, leader, you're you're going to have to decide what that is. In my group, if we're reading through Brother Lawrence, by now we're reading through part three. And then I want you to draw names in your group to assign each woman a prayer partner. Encourage the ladies to make an effort to connect with each other at least once during the week. And then finally, your fourth assignment is write out your prayer one day. Finally, together in your group, you want to close by sharing. End the group by sharing your hearts and other personal prayer requests that haven't been mentioned yet. God bless you as you go through this discipleship curriculum. God bless you as you share your hearts with one another, going deeper with Him and with each other. May He restore all of our souls. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is generously funded through Renewal Ministries. If you would like to discover more about Jannie and Ray's ministry or make a donation, visit their website at renewalministries.com. If you have a question for Jannie or would like to learn more about this podcast, please visit our website at herestoresmysoul.org.